All right. Hello. So, hello. How are you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So here we are, another session of Anna Cafe. Here I was thinking again. our strap line needs to be conversation and coffee. Or yeah. coffee and conversation. Coffee and conversation. Um, so I need to change all our banners to reflect that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it'll help in a number of different ways. One, because that's what we do. <laughs> coffee and um, conversation, isn't it? That's what it's all about. What have you been doing? Um, what what's have your, I been What's your doing? update? My big update. My big update is just probably pretty much carrying on from the same but busy bee doing lots okay. of different things working with I'm not asking because I'm interested I'm asking because I want time to um, eat the topping uh, off my topping uh, cappuccino yeah, yeah so <laughs> there's been um yeah it's just been a busy hectic time for me I th- uh, which is cool I like busy Busy's always good so just my standard coaching training um creating stuff making stuff revising see it's interesting that you say busy is good because a lot of people don't feel that way that busy is good yeah that they're busy is good yeah but otherwise you're idle oh but then you're getting into mr what's his name with the how to be idle yeah well it depends on what you do with your idle time so that's the difference yeah tom Hopkins. hopkins but see my idle time is so I always had there's a saying about um, whether you're working so that the, the goal is or the space to be is that you work and your play are one and the same. So yeah, what might look like idle time is actually work time for me. So there is no idle time if that makes in your mind. Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's all the same. So uh, when I say busy, busy meaning playing, busy meaning yeah. Um, uh, working if however you want to define work which is what we're going to talk about today isn't it is work um so yes, yes. so to be non-busy for me which i do have some days where like i wasn't very well a couple of weeks back and then that for me i had which you can say i was not i was busy healing <laughs> but i literally was just lying still so no reading anything no i was busy. i was I was just in recharge, rebuild mode. And so, yes, so for me, that would be idle and non-busy because I was literally under a blanket, on a chair, doing nothing, no reading, watching some TV. Have you ever had a job where you are busy in a bad way for Um, you? Yeah, I think in lots of jobs, you do a lot of busy work. Yeah. I mean, every job I've ever had, you do busy work. But I mean, after you got out, so the military is sort of a certain kind of working life. Yeah, but and you then had busy work you, there that didn't yeah, make yeah. any sense. Yeah, there's an old saying in the army, if you can't, if you can move it, move it, can't move it, paint it. So you're always messing with something. And sometimes, you know, you're doing stuff, you think, why are we doing this? <laughs> right. Because it doesn't seem to make any sense, especially when there's more important things to be doing. Um, but all throughout my sort of corporate life it's been the same there's some things that we're you're doing and you're thinking wow the world's actually falling apart over here but we're wasting time doing this thing that doesn't seem to make any bit of sense to be doing does that usually in your mind in your experience does that usually happen because you think the people who are making the decisions don't really know what to do about the thing that's falling apart so it's easier to stay busy i think it's a combination of you know people so sometimes if I don't have a bigger helicopter view of what's going on, so what's yeah. going on in my world is the most important thing. Yeah, but that's if, not necessarily that's what not, everybody else is. Not exactly. So the for them, it was yeah. important. And so that's why they wanted to do it. And then if they're in charge and we're focused on it, and no matter however other people are saying, well, actually, there's other things to be doing. But for them, that's the... And, and it happens at all levels, doesn't it? Because I remember... And and this is I'm interested that you say that because you just made me remember once we were doing a family trip to Europe driving, um, and we stopped at a motorway and did our little break thing, got back in the car and then we started to to drive, um, continue on our journey. And then Brittany was just kicking up a fit because she left her doll in the back trunk. And for me, it was just okay. Well, at the next rest stop. <laughs> We can get it out, but she just collapsed and it's just all the screaming. But I had my little epiphany for her, regardless of the big trip, 
for her, having that doll was the most important thing in the whole wide world at that time for her. Right. It wasn't for me because I was needing to get some mileage and get yeah, the thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, and in, but, but it was interesting because once I understood that actually in her world, that's the most important thing. So what can I compromise on? Okay, well, let me pull over and get her her doll because that's all she needed to solve the problem because that was the most important thing. But it happens in business but and sometimes you don't necessarily have someone that's in an enlightened leader or a manager who can r rise above the thing that they that feels most important to them in their world to think about the bigger world in terms of the whole of the company and i suppose sometimes that means going down into the trenches a little bit and even though you might be in charge of a big picture seeing and acknowledging what individuals feel is most important to them yeah, is so that what you're saying, uh, yeah, sort I mean, of thing? because it's a, it's it's a it's a, and this is a thing, isn't it? It's a it's a it's a complicated organism, and understanding what everyone's motivation is within an organization, what motivates people in general, it doesn't have to be organization, just in life, in the household, what's important to every and what what's important to every human being that I'm in contact with, what's their worldview, and then conflict comes. When I just hold fast to my worldview, and then they hold fast to theirs, and then we have conflict because nobody wants to see the world from the other person's point of view. Yeah. Um, and so when you can get to your space where you're awake enough to be able to step back from your own worldview and see others, then it helps to find a space that you can both perhaps operate in i think yeah right yeah. but yeah so i can remember and one of the, in fact one of the reasons i got out of the military was you know i was like a captain at the time and and you know, being at work at three in the morning working on some powerpoint slides for a general but me knowing the general doesn't actually care about the slide itself and the font or whatever but our g3 was like oh it's got to be like this and I think the man ain't even going to look at these slides. So me being here at three in the morning still working on these things is asinine um, to be doing. And but our my immediate boss was like, oh, it's got to be. You know, he's all stressed and and crazy. And sure enough, when we did do the presentation, you know, we didn't even get to those later ladder slides because you know the general was on his own program. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you think all that time. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting in that in that sort of sense that you, that you asked that question. So we are going to talk about work today. And I did want to start off because we, I think at the tail end of the last podcast, um, we were, we almost started to delve into this concept of yeah. work. And the fact that you have two kids that are coming into that space of having to decide what they're going to do with their life. Um, and me having two who are coming out of the university system but still having to figure out what they want to do with their life now that they've done that piece. Because as we were saying um, at the tail end of the last podcast, um, there's a huge burden on kids to decide what they want to do with their life, but they have no life experience. Yeah, And that's a tough decision to, to make. So it's always curious to me how people fall into or choose the careers or path that they want to choose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. How that evolved, how, 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 how does it count? How, how did, why did I decide to be an army man? For instance, what happened in my world as a kid? It's like, Oh, you know what? I want to be an army man. And who what makes a kid make those kind of decisions? Yeah. Um, and some people, you know, so some people at a very early age, I guess they connect with something and then they, that's what they want to do with their life. Um, others have a vague idea, no idea at all and kind of amble This is along. one of the big stories of our life, though, isn't it? We all have a story about why we're doing what we're doing work-wise and how we got here. Yeah. You know, like there's sort of multiple storylines running about who who am I? What's the story of my life? And this is a huge one. And I think it's 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 a more modern phenomenon than not, as in as we alluded to before. You know, there was a time in our history where you didn't have to. That wasn't a choice. You just did whatever your family did. 
Was yeah. I was asking what your maiden name is, and I was asking because I was looking at names and what names mean, because sometimes you could see what your family did in the name, right? Um, and, and that's just what you did. So if, you know, if you were a blacksmith, then that's what you were going to be a blacksmith, Smithson. a smithson, and you know, you were going to be a farmer, or you were going to, you know, you're going to be a medicine man because you're in that aspect. So you didn't have this sense of choice to pick a career just well there's a um, there's a book that i read ages ago called the continuum concept and it's written by jean laidloff she was a um anthropologist in the 70s at a time when you could sort of go into you know the jungles and mm. and and people weren't people in the academy and researchers weren't quite so self-aware of how they were coming in bringing their own lens but there was also a sort of freedom to do that in a way that I don't think you can really do now um but she had some quite interesting reflections on the way that the couple of she over over a course of maybe six years she lived with a few different tribes in I want to say the northern part of South America you're tipping your glass and get me to spill your cappuccino on yourself <laughs> I know you're you should have let that happen. That no. would have been that would have ex been exciting. No, yeah. never spill a drop of coffee. No, that would be absolutely. bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so one of the reflections that's always stuck with me is that they didn't have a word in their language for work. They had words for all kinds of different activities hmm. like building, farming, gardening, you know, whatever, hunting, but they didn't have this concept of work. And she was sort of just reflecting on what that says. You know, I think, you know, sometimes language and the way we use language is quite instructive and we don't, by thinking about what we mean and what connotations words have, we can sort of delve into things that we our assumptions about a concept or a way that things have to be that we're not even really recognizing, like the fact that work has a kind of negative connotations for us. Mm. Whereas if you take, um, you know, there's that Japanese word, um, ikigai, that hopefully maybe we'll do a whole episode about at some point, but that's, um, means the reason to get up in the morning and that everyone needs an ikigai. Right. That's just like, you know, it's it's a positive thing to have, and retirement isn't something that's upheld as the ideal. It's you. Everyone needs a reason to get up in the morning, always and forever, whatever that reason is. But oftentimes, that reason is some sort of what we would call work. But you know, yeah, yeah. It's like you say. It is interesting how. Well, as I was looking at work and how it. Again, how it, well, one, how different cultures approach the sense of it, how it's evolved over time and how we relate to work um, and its sort of history and, and the like. Because I was looking at one um, essay on work and the ancient Greeks, for instance, um, they thought that, and this is from um, Aristotle, and he was saying that, um, work where you produce things, food, building, shoes, clothes, and medical care, uh, they saw that as menial, and its citizens must not lead the life of an artisan or a tradesman um, because such a life is ignoble um, and, and, and inhibits excellence. So for them, it was the aristoc arist aristocracy, that kind of life, so that you have, you have the time to think about um, excellence, development of excellence, and political duties. That was the highest form of huh. of, of things. Yeah, I'm not so <coughs> yeah, on <but> board <laughs> with that. <laughs> That's where they saw life as. Um, and then you had another um, school of thought, and this is from a, a psychoanalyst, Slavic uh, Zayek, um, for instance. So if you're asking the question, why do people work? An obvious answer might be for money, but it goes more than that um, on some level. So he argued that work is, is, and this is interesting because I don't know if I buy this, but he's saying work is per perhaps an unconsciously way of helping you to um, keep the ever enroaching, encroaching mess of life at bay almost like work is a distraction from 
the messiness that's because it gives you an order and a sense of 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 structure i mean the thing for me about work and, and thinking about your kids and thinking about you know what the future holds for my kids if you go back to a time when people grew up on farms and and just took over the farm or mm. you know whatever the, their sort of family business was because it was about community then as well because it you're was doing and it was you know you sort of wonder and it's impossible i always I'm suspicious about these, you know, throwbacks that yeah, yeah. make things seem ideal or make, you know, there's no real way of knowing um, the mentality at the time for that kind of thing. But it does make me wonder whether, as you said at the beginning, where work and play are sort of the same, where there, there wasn't such a distinction between work and other parts of life. Like if you're part of a farm and, you know, I have friends who, who are farmers hmm. now, there's a sort of fluidity because you're living in the place that you work you're sort of going out you're coming back in you're going out again you're coming back in again you're having lunch at home you're working sometimes hardly at all sometimes a lot you're doing what needs to be done in and amidst all the other things that have to be done in life so i think one of the things that it makes me reflect on with the way that work is experience now and how we sort of think about it as is a very separate concept to the rest of our life so we have like our family life and our fun leisure life and our working life and work-life balance thing yeah exactly but i think that um the i i feel like the the real issue that i see with work nowadays with people is what is required from most jobs that I see is an extreme form of like giving everything up to that job, you know, so that that job has to take on, you know, and sort of, I don't know, I'm not really being very articulate here, but that there, there, we, we're sort of alienated and, and, feeling a bit frustrated with our lives because the way that our lives are sort of set up in order to continue to fund the rest of our lives, we have to go to this job. And what this job requires of our life is a certain kind of structure that dominates and doesn't actually necessarily bring out the best in us. Do you know what I mean? Like the sort of yeah, structure I think this is of work. Slavik was good to that when he was saying that, or at the very beginning of this essay actually was, um, it isn't just, you're not working just for money, that there's a deeper layer to it. Yeah. Um, and that work, There can be, but I think sometimes it's not there for people, isn't it? Yeah, well, and again, it depends on the individual. So partly what you're saying there, that work, you know, so further down in this essay, we talk about work makes up the majority of, of your, your time. Of yeah. Your time. Yeah. Um, and then again, it depends on the individual. So I know people that, you know, they're happy to you know, come in, they'll do nine to five, the contractual hours, and they're done. And they're not interested in promotion. They're not, because yeah. they, you know, I come, do my thing, go home, don't care what's happening in the company. Um, and for people, that's fine. And their life is nice and sort of chilled. But others who who like the work that they do, who want to advance and go higher up in the organization, so then their sense of how do I get to the top? Well, I've got to do, I got to do more than the person that just wants to come in and do the nine to five. Otherwise, I'm just like them. How do I show that I have more value to the yeah. organization than the person that just wants to do nine to five. So they're yeah. in early, but they want to be in early because they want to. But that, but that's just one sort of version of the story. But there's a lot yeah, there's of people other, who are in early because they feel obligated yeah, to be. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I mean, so that's, so that's a section. So there's a section that does nine to five. Then there's a section that overachievers who want to, you know, be the next CEO. So they're putting in a lot more time. Then there's others who don't want to because actually I'd rather have more leisure time or just do my nine to five. But I feel obligated to do more and I feel that there's pressure to do more. I don't want to get left back because I do want to get a raise and I do want to have a better quality of life um, outside of here. So they feel pressure that they need to do more in order to be able to get the raise and they're like, 
but they hate it and they don't really yeah. want to do it, but they Wasn't feel like it, they have um, to do. Was it Emerson or I can't remember who, who it was that had that quote of what things cost. Yeah. It was and it was like Thoreau and yeah. it was like, how much of my life do I have to trade for it? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. And, and I think that's, there was this, um, thing that I read this morning that was very similar to, um, someone who's really influenced my thoughts about work, which is E.F. Schumacher, who is a, um, economist and environmentalist in the set sort of most productive in the seventies, but it's sort of, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but that it's that same sort of thing. Like what does, what, how much of my life do I need to trade in order to do this career, this job? And that's something that I've always reflected on in my own like story about my career, because I always thought I wanted to be an academic and teach at the university level. And although I really liked school, although I was capable of doing that and went through all the degrees that I needed to be able to do that, I never had someone sit down and talk to me about what was required of me in my life Mm. in order to do that, you know? And one of the things, for instance, that's required is because everybody is so specialized by the time you're doing your PhD, there's only a few jobs every year across the whole continental US, Canada and Britain. And I mean if you're willing to go to, you know, Oz or whatever, but you know in the English speaking world, then and you, you one of the requirements then is you just have to be willing to go wherever. Hmm. You know, and pick up the entire family and that's one of the things that like no one actually sat me down and said this is what will be required of you. And, and then I could say, like, yes or no. It was, it was quite far on where I was sort of almost done, where this sort of became obvious. But I think that's the thing when you think about your kids. I'm not sure people are really having these kind of conversations about a career. It's all about what do you like? You know, what are you interested in? And that's important. But it's also like, what does this job require of you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What yeah. Are you going to like the whole life package that comes with this job? Because you might be amazing at finance and you might really love numbers and love the excitement of it and know all kinds of stuff about banking. But if you don't want to live in New York City or in London, you know, then that's not really a good career for you. So, you know, all of these things are, if, you know, for instance, with but, there's but certain again, things with it, it politics where you have to be in D.C. or in London. Yeah. It might not be good good for you. So, yeah, you're right. See, I guess the thing is, um, here's a here's a complicated bit. One, even f- asking the kid to, you know, what do you like? They really don't necessarily know what they like because they yeah. don't have a lot of experience in what they're bumping up against the things that they don't like. But then there's the other thing side of this or how do you look at work you know there is a sense of work as duty as in i need to do this work because i need to provide and so on yeah so work isn't meant to be pleasurable you go you do your thing so that you can support and take care of your family yeah into the story if that means you've got to sacrifice your happiness you sacrifice your i think that, happiness yeah i think that model worked you know if i think about my grandfather that hmm. model worked when you also when your job required you to come in, gave you a living wage, including health care for the Americans. And my grandfather was home at four every day. Mm. My grandmother never worked. They had five kids. I mean, they had a smaller house. But, you know, I mean, if that was what was required and that sort of level of duty comes from a time in which you weren't also required to work till eight o'clock at night and never see your kids or never have any evening to spend with your spouse or go, you know, do you know what I mean? Yes and no, because no company can make you do those hours. You do those hours out of choice. That's one thing you can't divorce yourself from. And there are laws against making you work, that kind of thing. So the person's thinking in that space to make that decision because they're thinking what else that they want, that it wants to give them. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it is an unflawed system, but they don't have to do. So it's not I, th- a ch- I would disagree. I think that there are laws and nobody is in enforcing these laws and you're if you bring these laws to your employer 
then you're going to create such bad vibes in that system. People are going, do you know what I mean? Yeah, There's well, a lot of like it, on it a, like on a theoretical are. level. Yes, you have a choice on yeah. a practical level. Yeah. I think certain industries, you kind of don't, if you want to be there, this is what's required of you. That, that's, that's not, except for in the army. That's the only place I've come where that is true. Really? In the army 24 hours a day. If they tell me to come in at two in the morning, then, I got to come. Okay, listeners, here's your chance to pipe up (laughs) and see if you disagree or agree. And the reason why I'm saying that, so I mean, I'm lucky enough to the job that I do, I get to see lots of different industries and work with lots of different people at different levels, senior and high levels and the like. So, um, and and the distribution curve, if you look at it, so we would call in the middle people um, who you call your pillars, and these will be the ones who are quite happy to, you know, meet the standard. They do a good job. They're not interested in being high flyers and all that sort of stuff. And they kind of sit in, the, in that sort of space. And, um, you know, they do their nine to five. They might do a little extra because they like to come. But they're they're happy in that middle space. Where you see where you, the thing that you're outlining um, is either the person that's on the f- right side of this and they have something that they're after and that they see that that's a means to that. So if I want to get this big, I want to get this promotion because I want this level of income because I want to do this thing or I want to have this job within this company. So I need to do these Sometimes other things. it's as simple though as like, I'm a consultant mm. in a consultancy and this project deadline is due. Yeah, but it's a lifestyle you chose as a consultant. That's part of a lifestyle. Right, but, but that's, I suppose that's what yeah. I'm saying yeah. is like, when you say, you know, my husband used to be, um, well, he is an engineer, but he used to work as a, as a consultant in the private sector. And, um, you know, it's like, does someone talk to you about this is what this job will require of you? Or do you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're, if you want to be a lawyer to, and yeah. you're, you're starting out, you are going to be working more than 40 hours a week. Like there's a require, you know, it's, it's well, a cultural it. requirement. I'm, I'm working with those guys now. Again, it's the same. So there are some who have the mentality that you've just said there. Mm-hmm. As in, you need to be doing more. But there are other lawyers in this space who's like, no, I'm here's my contractual hours. I'm not trying to make senior hmm. partner this or that. So... All right. And I'm out of here at, I mean, because I come, sometimes I come in, I look around and people say, I'm thinking, because I'm thinking like you that, okay, in this kind of profession and people, but people come five minutes before it's time to be in and they're hauling ass <laughs> right when it's, it's time to go. Yeah, right. Um, but then there's others who are there at seven and they don't go home until about seven or eight, but no one's making them do that. They have another mission objective that they're right, on. So right, right. there's a spectrum kind of within that. The thing where it maybe gets complicated is, you know, do you can you penalize someone who works their contractual hours? So here comes a promotion. This guy comes in, do everything that's expected to them, they're here when they're supposed to be, they do their job to standard. Here's another person who not only does that, but they go above and beyond the requirements or the, 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 the standard. So do I promote the guy that does what I asked him to do, or do I promote the person that goes above and beyond what I've asked them to do? So they've exceeded the standard. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's those kind of new nuances that come into it, but I guess where, where we're getting at, as in, if we bring this all the way back to where we start with, with the kids is um, how do they make a decision in terms of a career that I want to pursue? So, you know, my son chose to, to study. I mean, it was f- for the longest time. And I guess some of this happens for the things that you like. So when they were growing up, they liked insects, they liked animals. So he thought that's what he was going to do. And it wasn't until sometime mid high school that he decided to actually, cause he, took a photography class and he was really good at it. And I think he got lots of praise and things like that. They thought, oh, okay, well, I'm obviously good at doing this. So mm-hmm. I'll pursue this as a, as a, you know, I didn't get praised like that in biology or any of those yeah. things. So he decided he wanted to study photojournalism because he was good at doing the photos and things like that and creative. Um, my daughter for the longest time, 
um, was wanting to, you know, and I, I don't know if this is just a normal standard thing, but wanted to be a teacher because she really liked school and she liked teachers. So all the way up to, again, somewhere mid-high school, she was always wanting to be a teacher. But then I think she had like a kind of, um, she, you know, a moment where she got some help and then she liked what that person did and wanted to help in return. So changed and wanted to do the neuroscience Mm-hmm. And kind of go um, that, but now she's nearly done with <laughs> yeah. the neuroscience. Like, oh, I hate research. I hate this. Ah, right. I don't want to. Then she doesn't want to pursue being a scientist, which I kind of wanted to do because, again, it's one of these things. You, you, the profession is probably going to be different than the academic yeah, part completely. of it. And so, you know, at least give the profession a try. Yeah. Um, to see, you know, I was trying to do the same with my son. I mean, he was, you know, he did the academic bit of it, but didn't want to pursue the profession bit of it because they're equating my academic journey, what what it's going to be like yeah. in the profession. Yeah. And um, so that kind of sort of turned him off from that. So let me just squeeze this in because I think part of the angst that happens with work is another component where the where our our brother Christians <laughs> usurp the idea of work and messed us all up once again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so the second option for work or is um, um, I think it for Thomas Carlyle kind of put this forward, where he's saying that work should not be merely a matter of earning a living. So the cash nexus is what he called it, um, but it should go beyond that in terms of. Um, that it's your it's your purpose it's your meaning that work gives you purpose and it gives you meaning um so that's that's it's good i'll get to the, the christian bit in a minute so and i think maybe this is where we are now and i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing in some ways it seems like a bad thing in some ways it's a good thing um this idea that find your work is your meaning and your purpose. So that we've got a population of people who are trying to figure out what their purpose is so that their life has meaning. But like you the were... The thing s- that you well, yeah, love to do isn't necessarily going to make you enough money to Maybe it not make you enough money to live. Yeah. So can everybody pursue the thing that they love to do, um, which is, you know, great that you're loving what you do, but actually you can't feed yourself, you can't have a family, you can't do yeah. any of that. So, um, but then I'm dissatisfied because I'm not able to do the thing that feeds my soul, for instance, because, well, actually I got to pay the bills um, unless I can find a way um, where I get money from some source that allows me to whether I get a patron, whether I don't know, win the lottery or something. <laughs> All these realistic um, options. For well, that. yeah, well, the, or you know, I mean, if yeah. you know, or maybe you work and you have a side hustle, or maybe you work part time and you have your part time. Although some other would gig. say that you know, by you know, so there is a school of thought when you part time it, are you a hundred percent in? Yeah. And are you able to advance and do what you need to do, or do you take the plunge and, and you come all the way there? So that that was. That's a version, which I think is kind of where we are with this whole work and purpose thing. And they say like what millennials, don't, you know, they don't want to, they want to, you know, they're unmotivated if the job, they can't see the context of how the meaning, the bigger picture. Right. So their work has to have some sort of meaning. Whatever the work is, it doesn't matter, but it has to have some kind of meaning or fit. Um, and then there was this other concept um, of the whole sort of Luther and his ilk where the idol hands is a devil's playground workshop thing the devil will find work for idle hands so they made work become a public service so work became equated with doing the public good keeping you out of mischief and doing bad things um so that it become a virtue working becomes a virtue um and then Locke made it an economic thing by formalizing it as a that it has this economic significance where labor transforms the earth into something usable so labor transform what's worthless into something valuable so they had you know that kind of space so work and maybe we're still here i think maybe we're in the we're in the space between work and this is work is has status so we you know you have a stigma if you're unemployed or you don't work or or the work that you do doesn't earn a lot of money there's a sort of social stigma to that so i think we still 
partly live with that as a model and we'd have this meaning and purpose model and the struggle that I see or run across with folks is, well, how do I have both the status, money, and also meaning and purpose? Yeah. Because you know what? I would like to be able to go on holiday. Um, and so, and what that means that I need to... I think that for me, it's there's, there's a very important mm. process of detaching our idea of work from money. And that just in the sense that everyone needs to earn money. Hmm. But not all work needs to earn money. Do you know what I mean? You need to yeah, earn. You, could volunteer, so, so you, could you need do to do enough work, work. You need to do enough activities that earn you money that you can live in whatever way that you decide you want to do that. But work can be all kinds of things. And I get my back up a little bit about this because of my experience with motherhood and the huge amount of labor and work that mostly up until this point women are doing, although men are doing it more now, mm. that are, is about childcare, that is about taking care of the house, that is about doing all of these other things that need to be done in life to keep things, to keep us alive, to keep us like in clean clothes, to keep us having food. To keep the household you know, functioning, yeah. To, to, keep, to keep all of these things sort of working. And that, and, and that is also work. But because the way we have linked up work is only something that you do for money, it also, by like, it, like the cause of that is also means that all of the other work that people are doing that isn't paid becomes both unseen and unacknowledged, you know. And another sort of negative downside to that is that like I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday about an example of someone they know who is doing this thing. They're really loving it. It's really popular what the, the kind of work they're doing, but it's not earning money. Hmm. It's not really earning very much money. And they're in a situation where they need to earn more money. It's not working. And there's this, this, a false decision that has to be made about do I continue to do this as my work or do I get another job as my work? And it's like, it doesn't have that, that false decision comes from a wrong definition of work. Like you can do both. Both things can be your work. One work can earn you more money. The other work you do as your side a, hustle. This is the thing with the work and the purpose thing. So that middle one that I was saying, where we look at, meaning and purpose not money but meaning and purpose mm -hmm. um as that work having um and then there's so like i see what you're that situation you've just described i see lots right so we push people to say that do work that has meaning and purpose so that yeah. thing's floating out there but as you alluded to the, your you know like your grandparents and my grandparents and others and people who don't buy into the work purpose thing. Hey, you know what? Actually, no, you need to earn money so you can pay for your kids and do all the household stuff and keep everything. That's work. All that other stuff you can do in your own time. And that's just the mentality that they have. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's about labels, if you're saying. So that person that you kind of describe, and actually there's a lot of effort and energy. So if I go to work and get a job, um, what you're then saying is in most jobs, I got to work 40 hours, you know, minimum, right? I don't know. Like, is that true? There are p plenty of people that do consultancy work that decide how much they want to work. Yeah, but that's not always true. In that's fact, not always possible in different well, no, industries. No, but not yeah, and also someone said yesterday, I was looking at it, they say you work, you leave your nine to five, your 40 hours mm. so you can work. 80 hours to be able, you know, so as a consultant, no one ever tells you that you got to do business development, you got to do sales. Oh, true. Gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see do, what you're saying. You got to do all these other things. Right. Yes, yes, and yes. And you got to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sort of bit. So, yeah. So, um, and even if I got a job that, you know, didn't, you know, that was, you know, I don't know, it, basically it's going to take time and it's going to take energy. I got to go to work nine to five. Well, that's time that I don't have because I'm at work 
But then, as you say, I got to come home. We got to eat. I got to get care for if you're married. You got to get kids. So then there's that time that goes. Um, and then suddenly your window for doing your side hustle is getting smaller and smaller because I got to do things to keep the household going. Yeah. I got to give work this amount of time. Um, I do have to sleep at some point in there. So suddenly, you know, yeah, yeah, being yeah. able to pursue the thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. I'm feeling feeds my soul is a very yeah, s- yeah, yeah. slim Yeah, no, space. I get that. Yeah. I think... Um, and again, like it within that scenario, that's sort of general and quite common scenario, mm. you have all kinds of um, choices. Mm. So getting another job, you know, different flexibilities, you know, moving down in your sort of costs of living, you know, there's all different kinds of things. And we've had loads of different shows about different aspects of this yeah. kind of thing. Um, and some things are more possible than others. You know, I mean, some people have more flexibility than others. Some people have inheritances that make yeah, things more flexible. I mean, everybody's working with their own very unique mm. set of circumstances. Um, but I think the thing that the other sort of thing that I have about work is that when we only think about work, in our society and when, when we only talk about work and hear about work in terms of the products of that work, like are we producing something people want? How much money are we earning? Mm. You know, what kind of status and recognition are we getting from that work? What we're not taking into consideration is what kind of people we are becoming through that work. Yeah. So people like, so, so one of the things that, that, that this... That was one of the... I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the other things that they were saying here is, is about choosing because the what you become... The, yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you think, you know, like we've talked about loads of times, there's the Shakespeare quote Choose of... Choose the way you're going to obey is how they end up saying it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. The, you know, you have that, the Shakespeare, life is a play and we're all, yeah, yeah. you know, players and blah, blah, blah. You know, we've had different sort of times saying, you know, we're all just, you know, playing and then you take off your mask. But the problem is that when you go in and you spend eight to 10 hours a day somewhere, at first you might feel like you can take off the sort of mask when you come home or like take off the uniform or, do you know what I'm saying? Like metaphorically, sort of like that's that thing and I'm not going to become like the stereotypical whatever, you know, I'm not going to let it affect me. But over time, there's a drip feed that happens, and it does. And you sort of, there's that whole thing of you are most like the f- people you spend the most yeah. time with, isn't it? And that is a very true. And I think that, um, you know, but so, you so shoot. Yeah, so, sh- yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say that, but there's that an identity thing? Because there's something that I yeah, had to I mean, definitely, with completely. Because, and we hadn't talked about this, but I know this is something that I had to work through um, in my life was I saw my, because people say, what do you do? And you say, yeah. I am a, yes. so you equate what you do with who you are. Yes. And until I broke that cycle, I struggled. But yeah. when I understood that actually who I am is not what I do. Yeah. Um, I think there's that though, but I also think that we pick up habits from the people around see, I us. I don't think so. I and, don't think and I so. think I th- habits of thought, I think, and, well, and people play the same conversations. Like, you know, when you're but around people. it's the character people- though, isn't it? And this is something that we don't talk about and we don't do in school and things like that as well as character. So, you know, yes, you're right. If, I'd, if I'm not a strong enough character, then the work will shake me because I'll just be influenced by the people around it. Kind of building it into our independent but I th- thinker. I think and, that, you know, we're all just human and we have like our vulnerabilities and sometimes we don't intend for things to influence us, but they do. And if, you know, if you think about the fact that like, you know, if you, if you spend a lot of time around people that are complaining or if, you know, I remember I was watching that, do you know that series on TV um, or on Netflix, um, Orange... Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And it's, you know, in prison and stuff. And I was like binge watching that. Mm-hmm. And, you, uh, oh, your burger has just arrived. Yeah, Look yes. at that. Yeah, looks good. Um, and then at some point I sort of realized like watching so many episodes of that, it was like affected my mentality. I was feeling a bit like down and like, mm. you know, and, and I have a friend actually who is um, working in prisons at the moment. So she's going in and teaching yoga through the, um, through the prison trust, which is a charity organization for mm. your teachers going into prisons. But also she's, she's working with the inmates 
in other ways. And, um, you know, she has said to me, and I mean, she's a super strong woman. She has said, like, I have to limit the amount of time I go in there every week because, like, it starts to get to you. You know, it's not it's not a good place. You know, it's really it's a hard place to be. And I think that's an extreme example. But I think being in a certain environment in which everyone is thinking there's a certain cultural way of thinking, it can affect you. You I know, say, uh, uh, 100% it can affect you. And I think 100%. If you aren't grounded in who you are, it's definitely going to affect you. Yeah. If you go in a sense of knowing who you are, then I think it's yeah. less likely to affect See, you. See, I'm more of the school of thought that it, it's easier than you think to sort of lose track of who you are. No, I'm I mean, not saying and it, that, it is, it is and, easy. And, and you know, I think to, this, is, this, this if, is the real reason yeah. why I have I quit mm. academia. Mm. You know, I was like... You know, I was kind of set up to continue, and all the people that I did my degrees with I'll are off doing you, stuff. Now, listen, the thing that helps is when you can separate that what I do is not who I am. That's yeah, the yeah. hugest benefit yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, so yeah. I can go in, I can do any work because I know it's not me. But yeah. I struggled when what I did yeah. was who I am. Yeah, I get and that. it's in our language even. What it do is. you do? I and, am and it's, this. And it's you a real say, disaster yeah, when you stay just, home with kids and suddenly you yeah. you can't be part of a conversation right, because okay. it's, it's, you know everyone's like, "Well, what do you do?" And you're like, "Oh, well, I'm staying home with my kids." But you see it and all that's the time. sort of the when, conversation because people killer. Have that thing, you know? I am a whatever, yeah. but then they think I have to act a certain way. They take on the characteristics because they use the language. I yeah. am a, yeah. you know, this. So I'm, I'm doing some stuff with lawyers. I am a lawyer, and lawyers. Yeah. Act like this so that's how people yeah. then begin to act even though inside they might not feel that but then they have a cop out well i am yeah you know, uh, 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 you know i am an engineer so this is how i am like i don't do yeah humanities things so they take that as their identity and i don't know if yeah. we ever talk about the logical levels and we maybe haven't done but you know if, you know there's that top layer there where you know there's a do where there's a skill capability bit and then there's a your, your sort of values and there's an identity which is a whole other thing mm-hmm. um but it's that not taking that apart and understanding and i and, I'm, and i don't know if i told this story on the on the podcast um before but i remember going to i was in spain new york i think it was but i went in the off season and there was no tourists around and had a hard time finding a place to stay but then i found this little neighborhood kind of in and i got to get got to know the owner and then his daughter and she had spent some time in the states and she was saying that one of the things that she noticed like in the states culturally was that people always want to know what you do and what right. school you went to yeah 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 um and she said here no i have friends that i've known all my life and i don't know what they do because that's not a part of our conversation i don't right. Uh, you know, what do you do? That's just not a part of the thing i think it's um, really good to have these other stories because we get in this this mentality that this way of thinking about work is the only way of thinking about work i think we have to sort of release ourselves from that but the, but the society pushes you because mm-hmm. there's a number of things isn't it so you know we say work and money no it isn't just about money but guess what i want to have an iphone i want to have a computer i want to have a I house have i want to have a new car. iphone yeah but i want to have these things but you ain't getting those things without money which means i gotta have a job that gives me that money so do i want to have a job that I hate, yeah. but it gives me the money. See, I, but then I, I can have the things I think, that I want. Yeah. But then there's a push to say, well, actually, do the thing you love. But really, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do the thing that you love? But actually, it's not going to make you enough money, and that means you ain't going on that holiday. So, which one yeah. do you do? Yeah. Do you want these things, or do you want to do the thing well, that you I love? Well, and I think the other thing is too. There's a lot of way different versions of doing the thing that you love even if it's just one thing do you know well, what I mean yeah. and it's an involving well, Tony, thing Tony so, Robbins has a thing that I thought was interesting is and and this was when people when he says you know you want to find your purpose so maybe you can't be a astronaut now but if you think back to what made you want to be an astronaut what are the underlying values what are the things what does an right. astronaut do or they explore okay is there something else that you could do that feeds that same need yeah that isn't you got to go work at NASA. So he breaks yeah. it down in that way, which I think is a, a really good way of looking at it. what is it that's. In fact, I'm about to have her do a coaching session now, and I think that's part of the conversation. I was just talking about motivation and, and aspect. It is well. Here's the thing you want to do. What are some like you say? What are some other ways you can satisfy that same need? Right. So if your need is to help people, 
what what can you do in, in but I work in this building and it's yeah well, what can you do inside the organization that fulfills that same need to want to help people whether yeah. you start a lunchtime um, yoga thing as some people have done at a place I'm at now or do you have a prayer room and get people together so I can service the need that I'm feeling that was lacking but I have it so I think that's another way to approach it what's what's the actual underlying value yeah that you need yeah and can you satisfy that need in other ways yeah and if you can do that and divorce yourself from you know what I am you know the work that I do is who I am if you can separate work and identity you can but then you know I, I get that and I I'm on board with that but I also think that even when you do that so say you're there you're like I am not my job there's a disassociation from all of this energy that you're giving for eight hours a day at least. You know, eight hours a day, you're going to this job, you're giving like the most precious thing you have, which is time and your energy and your focus and attention and your efforts and your skills on this thing to then, you know, sort of totally disassociate yourself from it is also not very... But it's not disassociated. No, 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 I agree. Yeah. But it's a, it's a subtle thing to yeah. not define yourself and to, you know, it, it's... Can I put it another way then? Because the subject we talked about, the warriorship aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't... And it's a Zen thing as well. As in, I am. So no matter... In fact, let me bring it even further back. Um, the Muhammad Ali said this does it and he was talking about it doesn't matter what you so if you go if you're a street sweeper then be the best street sweeper that you are but it's because that's about characters it doesn't matter what you're doing because my character and who i am is who i am so i could be pushing papers and i'm still going to be a person that has this I, kind of value this kind yeah, of yeah i agree with that and i'll do but, it in this kind of manner but you shouldn't but you me. shouldn't just stick with something that you hate and feel like it's your um, insufficiency. But that's a different thing that you're doing something that you hate. That's a whole different thing. So if you're saying, well, I'm going to this thing and I absolutely hate it and it's soul destroying and it's killing me, that's something different. Yeah. So then yeah. explore that. So you hate yeah, yeah. it because, and I do kind of run into this and, and, and you know, it's like, well, because in that instance, when someone's doing that, that thing and they hate it, and this is just my experience that I've had with coaching folks, is because they believe that I can't do anything about it. Yeah. I don't want to be here, and I hate yeah. it, but I need the money. I wonder I how many people change. also really, really have a negative experience with work because of the people and the culture of that job rather than the work itself. Loads. When, when you look yeah. at the, the uh, statistics and they say, why do people leave a job? They don't normally leave the job. They leave the boss or the people oh, they work really? with. Oh, really? Interesting. Um, I, in fact, I did. When I left GE, not, I loved the job. It was the best job, funnest job I ever had outside of the army. I loved it and wish I could have stayed there. But it was the people and it's particularly the sort of management. It was like, well, I don't want to work with those people around those people. Love the job. Yeah. You get rid of them, I'd stay yeah. forever. I would have stayed and, forever. And that's it's sort of interesting because I wonder if the culture and people had been in academia had been different if I mm. would have taken, if I would have continued on that path. Because mm. what I found is that, you know, obviously I have like, you know, there are many exceptions to mm. this. And like, I have really, really good friends that have, you know, I've stayed very close with after. But, um, I found the culture to be something that was actually turning me into a very like aggressively competitive person, like someone mm. I just didn't want to be. And I, I had a sort of moment where I looked at myself and I was like, you know, you were going into these, um, you know, conferences or, you know, research paper readings and you weren't going there to learn and to help that person improve their work. You were going mm. to, to score points. Yeah. And that, that was the system. That was the economy of that kind of. Um, but here's that's career. A, a good but I, but but you can say I love this thing, yeah. and I think maybe if I had really loved it, I you can and and my supervisor was a perfect example of this, and I had I had many mentors that were perfect examples of this, like people that were not buying into that way mm. of of being. But you know, it's also one of those things where you have to decide sometimes, like this feels like I'm a fish, f f you know, going upstream. 
And there's times when that journey is worth it. And I certainly feel like that about the novel writing and stuff. Mm. It's like, it is a struggle. It is every day getting up, believing in yourself. But that's sort of a challenge that I want to do. Whereas this, I was like, no, this is not making me into the person that I want to be. Do you know but what I mean? That's the thing. But I guess, that's, I guess that's my point about knowing who you are in that sort of sense. So, so for instance, if if the academic thing was the thing that you wanted to do, then like what I'll be having a conversation here shortly is you got to look beyond what is it that you actually want. Well, I want this. Yeah. Okay. Understand that this is in between you. So, do you want to throw out the baby with the bathwater? So. You actually want this, but you've got this stuff. I just that's heard with your it. New Jersey there. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so because then, if you actually, what again? I really well, you know, if this is the thing that you really, really want, then we just find a way to deal with and compartmentalize and put this other stuff that's a part of the environment that you're in in yeah. this right no, space. No, 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 I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can get what you want. Yeah. Or as you, you know, because sometimes you're just in a space, and it, and again. This doesn't sit with my values, and not only do I hate life, it's making me miserable. And mm-hmm. every day that I come into this space, it's just not good for me, and I need to change that. Not that, yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah, I gotta, yeah. gotta sort of make this yeah. this change. Um, where people run into the issue again: Do I feel disenfranchised? As I don't have any power, so I have to do this. Yeah. My belief that it work is to suffer. So, yeah, I can come and complain all I want, but that's what life is because that's what my parents did. They complained about work all their life. So my belief is that's what work is like. Or my belief is actually there's no other jobs out there, so I can't leave this one because I do have bills to pay and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's so many different levels that are at play in that space where it can come back to these guys that have done – the downsize um robert trigger and that crew of folks and this whole idea of you know what is this ipad gonna cost me in life right yeah so look at all those things you know like for him he decided well actually i don't want any of that stuff i want this kind of life so you know he moved to he learned how to scuba dive moved to egypt and happy living in a you know pretty much a shack yeah gets to scuba dive and, but he's happy with that. So he doesn't need to have the house. I don't need a, the two cars. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. need these things. So I can, and, but that's another battle. Battle is, is success means that I have all these trappings of modern society. Yeah. Or success being able to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with whom I want. Yeah. Um, and then you have to make a decision in somewhere. And then yeah. can you just, you know, rent a one room flat, be happy doing that? in a place that's in the boondocks because the cost of living's down. But the real thing that you're after is this kind of lifestyle. I don't need those things. Um, So I think that's the kind of inner work that people have to do is decide what is it that you really want out of this and know that that comes with different costs, different sacrifices, different, you know, if I want to get to this, but I've got to deal with these kind of people, are you going to let those guys destroy a career that you want because you don't want to deal with them? Or do you f- develop a strategy where you can keep those people in the place that they need to be so that you can get to where you want to be at in the end? Um, but there's all these choices that people have to make. And maybe sometimes I don't really feel like making those choices. Then we're back to Nietzsche again because I just want to be a part of the herd and I just do my thing. And yeah, yeah. It's just because it takes a lot of work. As you say, it's not easy. So, because I'm not saying that any of this is easy, yeah. it's not easy to do. So the question is, like, in a, what was the movie with Sean Connery? How bad do you really want this? Is the question that you and Tony Robbins asked that same question. How bad do you really want the thing? Um, that is very true because it's very easy to just listen to everyone's success stories and go, yeah. "Ooh, everyone that quit their job and you know set up their own thing and pursuing their passion." There's a thousand and one podcasts that you can listen to that people are interviewing people every week that yeah. tell them that story. But I think, you know, when you're in that space, there's many, there's much fewer people, you know, talking about the daily grind of mm. believing in yourself every day, p- 
producing work that no one buys yeah. <laughs> and, but you know, cla- still classic, going. Classic and story that people tell in that genre is uh, the Colonel Sanders story. How many people will go try and sell their chicken door to door? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, because yeah. that's where he started. He started with nothing. Yeah. Had yeah. his little recipe. Um, but how many people in this day and age will step into that space and deal with all that rejection mm-hmm. um, over and over and over and yep. over again? Or will yep. they look for something else to do? Or maybe you this wasn't my thing. You do have to love thing. it. Um, I'm feeling that a little bit at the moment. And thank goodness I love my writing. But well, this is what yeah, um, it's I remember definitely, one of my things. It's not all like, that roses. You don't have to like it. You just have to love it. Is, yeah. uh, I remember what Colonel said to me once about being an infantryman. Colonel Sanders or the other yeah, one? Yeah, no, my other colonel. <laughs> it was a dude who, it was interesting him, and this again, it's just again, the mindset thing. He was a Viet- Vietnam veteran, but he fell out of a helicopter and shattered his legs and all this other stuff. And pretty much they told him he was never going to walk again, but he was refused to accept to believe that um, and fought through that. And, you know, when I met him, he was an infantry battalion commander um who yeah after being told not to walk he's still infantry still doing his thing and but that was from him he was like you don't have to like it you just have to love it (laughs) yeah Um, and but again yeah how many people would have the mental strength to quite because except with the doctors they're experts they said and but how many people would have the mental strength to say well no that's not what i want i want this yeah to push themselves to that there's a really good book um if this is something that's someone listening is feeling you know the thing is um running down a dream by Mm. tim grawl and that's that's a book that is one of these stories about you know setting up your own thing you know being doing whatever your creative work is but is a really honest sort of journey Mm. about what it's actually Mm. like and i really yeah Yeah. i would really recommend that let's do that and i think we should do that eric curie thing you were talking about because that's the other thing i think that people want to do the passion thing is a disregard that you know commerce is you got to have a market you got to have the icky guy yeah icky guy you know you might love the hell out of this thing but if there's no market for it no matter how much you love it you You need to well or or that you need to you need to tack and shift it doesn't mean you can't do that thing but you can't you can't do that thing in the way that you thought originally you were going to do it. Well, yeah. Well you, like, well, you can't do it if there's no market for it. So, yes, do I need to adapt it and change yeah. it fundamentally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So, But people miss that. People yeah. miss that. You know, people get in my industry, they get into the coaching because oh, I love coaching. I want to help people. Um, but can you make a sustainable living doing the one-to-one coaching? I don't know. Some people can, depending on, you know, who you kind of go yeah. for. Yeah. A sort of a target so it's the marrying those things up and then i think that would be a good discussion to talk about yeah totally on that one because i think there's you know i mean as we just kind of broadly hit the work aspect i think there's that how do you line all those things up so that you know you oh for sure have it have yeah, all the yeah, things yeah. do all right all right we'll see um, you next week that was good i don't yeah. know that we helped the kids out in terms of how they're gonna they've got to help themselves what, man what they're gonna do with their lives but i yeah. guess you just have to go on the journey don't you well and and it, there's a, also a false choice and you have to decide like right now you yeah. have to decide or you can decide for them because i often think and i know i'm opening this back up like one of my things and i didn't say my favorite quote so we can't go to say okay. my quote because this is this is the thing that drives me crazy because I don't like titles or labels or anything because, you know, I am Clay is the end. Yes, exactly. Well, done. I am. Exactly. Done. Yeah. Period. Um, Robert Heinling, Heinling, a human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hole, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts. Build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. <laughs> and so, you know, anti-specialization, which is what I, I hate about titles, and I feel like I could do whatever yeah. I really want to do. But I was reflecting on this on the drive-in. Is it so, because my... My my mom's raising or pushing me is that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. In some ways, you go, yeah, it's, you know, is that good advice? It might not have been in the instance of can you do anything that you want to do? But if you're raised to believe that, that's yeah. how you're trying to make the world sort of fit. And so for me, I hate people saying I can't do this or I can't do that or I got to have this 
qualification for this because like i don't need that i just need to figure out how to do this thing and i'll go do it and and that's just kind of how i've kind of lived my life in that sort of space but i i'm so resistant to label i hate the label that i am or this or i am that no i am me and i'll do whatever the hell i want to (laughs) do um in that sort of space but anyway i needed to share that because that was that's um, your thing my thing is i hate specialization but the world is geared so much towards making you find your niche specialize make a choice once but that's sort of a false choice of particular Um, nowadays you know you can just change you try something out for a while it doesn't work out you just change it's very easy to do that now and it was it didn't used to be so it's not i wouldn't say it's easy i would say it's very possible it was probably easier back in the days. I mean, you think of all the people that we've been talking about and how many different, you know, they didn't, they weren't specialists, you know, they were scientists. Yeah, they but they this. probably had one job most of their life. Um, well, the book I was going to talk about, but I think we talked about it already, was Leonardo da Vinci. And the, yeah, he's the, an re- outlier, man. Yeah, but the Renaissance man, that whole concept of the Renaissance yeah. man um, came yeah. out of that, that, you know, you could do all these different things in this space, but the world has moved. So you can't be a generalist. Everybody wants you to yeah, be a yeah. specialist and you need to go off to university to learn how to be yeah, yeah. a neuroscientist as opposed I kinda to... I kind of want my neuroscientist to be a specialist though, don't you? Yeah, but that's it. But now that yeah. you just close off that person's world. Yeah. Whereas back in the day it was, well, actually I can be a neuroscientist and I can be a... And I can, uh, but the world isn't kind of geared that way way anymore it is it? it's like pushes you to specialize yeah um okay yeah, anyway gotta let's, go let's uh yeah okay go get some coffee